We should start that out. This We should start the episode with me being like, I'm drinking today. That's how we're starting this episode of No Punts Allowed. I'm Paige Kuhn. That is Adam Kramer. Kramer, what's I, up? How are we doing? I'm not, I'm not drinking today. I'm just kidding. I'm drinking. Yeah. <laughs> Come on. Come on. This is like a, a nighttime episode, too. So we can like, you know, I can walk over to the old fridge if I need to. If I need to. Yeah. But we are recording wanna, later than we usually do. Yeah. We are recording. So I am, I think my beer selections lately have been a little weak. So okay. this is a hop. I'm going to just get the beer out of the way here because we don't really have picks. Uh, I could talk about how bad I am at betting horses, but um, this is Hop Busher. What an awesome can. I'm going to hold it up. Oh, the lighting is in the way, but it's like a top hat with a with seeing eye. eye. This is a double IPA from Hop Butcher, Bug House Square. It's like an eight percenter. So um, yeah, it's a good, it's a good start to the evening. Remember I told mm. you that I need you to find like a beer that I will like that's not like a domestic beer, but like a, maybe a craft beer that's like. Oh, yes. I've got like, options. This ain't, to... this ain't a, this is like, this <laughs> going to like ruin me and my stomach. Um, But it's delightful too. So yes, you need like the, see Lagunitas is like too boring. Like, like the entry craft beer. I can't There's drink that. Awesome. You can, so, so you need like, are you, you're not really, well, you're not really a beer person. But yeah. you're not so much an I see IPA is like my genre. I feel like these your taste buds and me like it like it, that wouldn't collide well. But I do have options. All day IPA from Founders is like the Miller Lite of IPAs, and that's not a knock. Okay. By the way, people think no. that's a knock. That's a very good thing. Um, I'm gonna come up for a list, and I will we will taste test these. I think we should do that for when yeah, we're allowed. Yeah, it's almost to summer, and that's like the time of year that I drink beer. Ooh. It's like summertime. I had a ballpark beer. Made me sick. That was gross. Did um, you see the guy dipping his hot dog in the beer? Yeah, the Yankee fan. I so when I went to Yankee Stadium, what a week ago now? Um, two weeks ago. Who knows? It's all blending together at this point. Um, that was like a few days after that video happened of the guy dipping a hot dog in it. And I told one of my friends as a Yankees fan, I was like, I am not doing that. I can tell you, like, I'm going to have that experience, but I am certainly not dipping my hot dog in a beer. But I also don't think it would be that bad. Yeah. Okay. Is that a so, weird take? By the way, no, it's not a weird take. That was my take. So it's a shared weird take. If it is. So to be clear, if you haven't seen the video, guys just chilling, big ass cat, like just big ass cup of Miller Lite, just very, very casually Duncan's dipping beer. his hot dog in and, and taking a bite. Like you would donut and coffee, which by the way, I've never quite gotten that either. I feel like. What? I feel like. That way. Hold on. Hold on. Hold on. We need to pause for a sec before we get back to the hot dog in the beer. Do people they do that? I I do it. I literally joke okay. all the time, like I should be a police officer because I love dipping my don't like I legitimately because I like black coffee too. So it's like Me black too. coffee and like a maple donut. But, okay. This episode but is already I, off the rails, but I is, have never I have never seen. I would like to do a poll uh, from the pod count. I've never seen anyone. Okay, I'm, I'm, I'm sure I've seen it, but I'm not like at work. You've like, never tried it yourself. Cooler, like, oh, no. It's, okay, this weekend. Like, did you have a donut shop that you go to regularly? Oh yeah, we the kids. Are you kidding? Like, it, like yeah, I, that's what I mean. Like, go get your baseball. This but, this Saturday, donuts are on me right, for you guys right. for the Kramer okay. family. Donuts are on me. Get a coffee. Dunk your your either your maple okay. donut or your chocolate old fashioned into a black coffee. I just, I'm in first of all, but I've never seen people like doing this. I thought it was just like a movie thing, like. That's what people did in movies. The movie, the yeah. movie cop thing. 
Yeah, like, oh, wow. Like, I, the guy I, with the mustache. Right, I'm in, though. It doesn't look okay. like it would be bad. I no, love coffee. But also, back all to right. the beer and the hot dog. Things are beer battered. Like, there's yes. corn dogs that are, like, beer battered and, like, fries I, I and things agree. like that. We, so, God, if we, we fry it. Fucking wormhole. Every time we record <laughs> after, like, 7 p.m., it's just, it's probably the best, worst content possible. Um, okay, let's talk <laughs> a little football, and specifically, let's talk NCAA. So NIL, yes. we've talked about NIL, I think, on every, ep- literally every episode since the season ended. The end of the season, yes. The NCAA released guidance. I'm going to start a, <laughs> a guidance. I should have air quoted it because it sounded like the way I delivered it was air quoted. Um, the, NC- the, the horse is out of the barn, Paige. Like, I don't think that the NCAA at this point is capable of effectively enforcing this. The NCAA is understaffed, uh, and that's not necessarily their fault. They're just, it, the NCAA is understaffed. So how are we going to monitor the happenings of, like, hundreds of athletes now that are signing deals that may or may not be shady? And do you believe that this, quote-unquote, what was the most interesting part of the guidance to you? Because I don't find any of it really to be viable. No, it was the language that was most interesting to me because it was basically how do we do something but not get sued for doing something? Because it's like you can't set guidelines on this because you've already been sued for this and that's why this just became legal and happened so quickly. So you can't limit this to an excessive amount, but you can try and limit it because everyone's like the NCAA needs to put guidelines on it because it's technically the governing body of this. Um, But it was like I I got the news and I was like, this is a nothing burger. Like there's nothing here that's going to be useful or helpful for this. Like I get like direct boosters can't contact people's camps but there's workarounds and there's no way to prove it and if you you if you have someone who's violating this you're really going to have to fight to the end because their resources are in terms of fighting this is probably going to be more than the NCAA so like it was not anything that I was like particular like I got it and I was like oh they made guidelines this and they said also the big thing um Ross Dellinger a uh, friend of the pod was saying yeah. like the big thing was that it was going to be like you could get people in trouble for things they've already done based on these rules. That was like the big thing that everyone was saying. It's like, oh, they'll be able to like go back and say like, oh, this was a violation of what we put in place. But realistically speaking, I just don't think they have a leg to stand on at this point. And it's them. It's the NCAA's way of reacting, but there's actually nothing to it. You know what it reminds me of? Well, here's a quote first. I'll tell you what it reminds me of. So this is Jerry Moorhead, uh, Georgia president, who is the board chair. And this is a quote. Um, While the NCAA may pursue the most outrageous violations that were clearly contrary to the interim policy adopted last summer, our focus is on the future. Full stop. That says a lot, doesn't it? Like we're trying to get out in front of it. Um, what this reminds me of is the, the SEC steals a couple of teams and the ACC and the Big Ten and the Pac-12 say, guys, rally up. Rally up. We're going to form this thing. It's going to call Alliance, okay? It's a really adorable press release with no substance. It's what it is. It's like we're like they it's should... a PR thing. We're getting clobbered here. We have to say something. Do this. There are no guide. There really aren't any guidelines. 
the, the thing says this from ESPN. The guidelines don't establish any new rules, but are no, attempting they don't. to definition of a booster. So you can't. The guideline alliance is really what it should it, be. It is the alliance. It, it really is. Like, it's something that, like, aw, that's cute. But the, the reality <laughs> is you could have, you, we, we beat this horse to death. We'll continue to beat it. Yeah. Could, they could have gotten out in front of this. They could have established real guidelines that would have gotten the government off its back and would have gotten us off their back that said, all right, we're going to do this thing. Here's the deal. And yes, people would have broken it, but you could have controlled the message. At the very least, it wouldn't have been open world. But they chose not to. They chose to fight this. And now they're left like, no, but we're serious. We are super serious about this. Like, we are going to really punish your ass. Not this you, but the next you, you are, you guys are really in some deep shit. Like, okay, buddy. Like, good luck with that. It's just entertaining, too, because like you said, they could have gotten out in front of it, but they had to do something. If they didn't do anything, people would have been upset. So it was like a lose-lose situation. They had to put out something in some form of guideline or guidance, um, which I just think is so funny um, because they can't say guidelines because they cannot mandate this stuff because, again, they were sued for that. And now it's it. they just have zero control. It is... It's like we talked about this pre-show. Like it is really easy to dunk on the NCAA, but like it yes. is a terrible job to have. Like you said, like yes. m- having Mark Emmert's job is like not a fun job and it's not an easy one to do. But like if you could do it poorly, like that's just how they've done it for a really long time. I, I also think that the NCAA and you saw Gene Smith of Ohio State references. Yeah. It's probably not needed. So, or at least in a full capacity. So, and it's, everyone's kind of coming to terms with this in real time. You're right. NCAA is in an impossible position. I am really curious to see where this goes because I do think this is just the tipping point. Um, yeah, and and to, to, to the point you made about the NCAA, you, you have to say something. But yeah. it just doesn't quite capture what should be said. I think the other part of this is we obviously focus on the like main sports, the like college footballs and the college basketball aspect of this. And there are a lot of sports that the NCAA really does help support, um, even including like women's sports and title nine and things like that. But I think um, in terms of like college football, like it's just such a beast compared to every other sport that it needs its own like governing entity because it is so complicated, so dynamic compared to, some of the other smaller sports. And it's not to say they're not part of the NCAA. It's just to say that they have another governing body that makes rules and adjustments for it. A lot having a, a college football commissioner and things like that. Um, or like even the fact that like college football doesn't have a president the way that college basketball does. is just very strange as well. So it's, it's complicated and it's a hard thing to, to navigate. And like you said, they could have gotten out in front of it. And didn't, but the NCAA is just never going to win. And at this point, like, they're just, they're like the nerdy kid in school that you just, like, pick on because it's easy. Like, it's sad. Um, well, I think there's another part of this, too, which we saw today. Uh, not necessarily a friend of the show, Nick Saban, but certainly someone that we've talked about and admire. I don't know how we could quantify that in some sort of relationship aspect. I feel like it's a reach. In any event, we love Nick Saban around these parts, and I know you do as well. And Nick Saban is getting accused of tampering. Um, 
I love that we're asking him this at a golf outing where he's got his nice little sun hat on and you got Nick Saban expecting to answer serious questions about tampering. And Nick Saban, uh, and we're talking specifically about uh, former Louisville wide receiver uh, Tyler Harrell, who's fast as shit, by the way, and is a really good addition. Um, and essentially, you've got Scott Scatterfield accusing kind of passively of Alabama and others of tampering and then saving candidly. Look at me going to the quote game this week. We don't tamper with anybody. Um, what I thought was interesting, Paige, and I'm not going to say Alabama is tampering, but Saban did acknowledge that it's difficult to control third party parties and then quote, whether it's direct or indirect from involving themselves in the recruiting process. I agree with mm-hmm. him on that. So, yep. so whether Saban, uh, does or doesn't know, you could feel however you feel about these things. Of course, coaches probably have a decent idea of what's going on. Um, I do think tampering is rampant, um, but now you have a process in the portal where you've essentially made tampering legal. They just have to get into the portal. Look, um, you can't control if a kid's parents reach out or get contact. Like That is tampering. That's just how it's going to be. I, I don't yeah. know how you're going to be able to police that with the rules being what they are. It's funny because, one, I always side on the the side. This is the, the I call it the Sean Miller law, where, like, some coaches oh may boy. not know. Some coaches may not know oh what's boy. going on. Here's the thing. Nick knows everything that goes on his program. Like I said, it it is a hard thing to be able to say, like, oh, you can do it between these guidelines. I mean, they have those, those type of rules in pro sports. They're going to have to figure out, even, like, recruiting windows and things like that, they have rules for. But in terms of players being other places and if their parents are asking, you know, a local Tuscaloosa car dealership, hey, do you want to pay my son this much money to come to Alabama without even involving Alabama at that point? Like, that's just not in anyone's control and that's going to be a nature of something that we just aren't going to get. I think that's a lot of, like, what pro sports is about as well. Like, think about the markets that do pretty well. L.A., Miami, New York, like some people are willing to go to those places because they can make money outside of what they do. And that's the whole premise of name, image, and likeness because you're not getting paid for your play, in quotes. Um, Yes. Yes. So, look, it's going to happen a lot. People are going to be pissed about it. But what I'm most intrigued with is the fact that like coaches are calling out other coaches because we talked about it last week with Pitt and USC. Like, there's going to be a lot of this where there's a lot of accusing, especially of the larger programs. Because, again, that wouldn't have happened if if NIL wasn't a thing. Because, again, those players would, if they had the opportunity to go to Alabama or USC over Louisville and Pitt, they are going to go to USC and Alabama without NIL. Like, those are opportunities for you to improve your draft stock, for for you to even just set yourself up with a different connection that is is – a wider net than what you're going to get at those schools. No offense to those schools. There's a group of probably five that put you in a different category. And that's the part that they need to remember is like tampering wise. It's not necessarily about NIL. It's about going to those schools. And I think one of the quotes that Saban said was like, we don't need to tamper with people because they don't like, they really don't like people want to come play for Alabama. They're going to reach out to them and do whatever they can to get to those places. I think this happens without NIL and has happened without NIL. 
but now it's just like heightening it because the stakes are so much higher and there's like tangible things to point to to be like okay say he goes to Alabama or he chose to go to Alabama he gets an NIL deal it's like that's why because he was told before he went that this was the case and he was at my school and all of this so it's now a hot mess a hot mess of things um by the way so a couple of things Tyler Harrell specifically, have you seen his numbers from last year? How uh, hilarious they are. Um, he had 18 catches, which you'd say, oh my God, well, that's not very good. For 523 yards, an average of 29 yards per catch, and six <laughs> touchdowns. Bless you. Thank you. Uh, you were just blown away by the numbers. 18, <laughs> 523, and six. He's fast as hell. If you're looking for a Jamison Williams type potential breakout player in an offense like that, um, this is the dude. Like this dude, yeah, Alabama's like completely rebuilt their receiving corps in about two and a half months with other people's rosters. And just to tie a bow on your point, because I agree with you, um, yeah, like if you're Louisville or a team like Louisville, you're screwed. Yeah. You're screwed. You are for a little bit, like, but also there's not enough spots at Alabama and USC and for sure. I don't know Clemson. Like, there's not enough spots, and it's just it's gonna even itself out. You just have to give it time. I think the place, the positions that are really screwed, is the wide receiver, like wide receiver, like quarterback. If you're a quarterback, you can chill. You have a good OC. You can chill and get drafted high. But if you're at Louisville. And you can go play for Bryce Young, or you can pick the quarterback du jour of that year. Like you can go go do it. So um, sorry, as we were talking about this, I got a text. So I get my text messages on my computer, and it said like, "What a game!" And um, so I'm like a fake Bucks fan. Um, fake Bucks for many reasons, and they came back against the Celtics to win the game. So that was very exciting. Um, wow, that's been a wild series, actually. It oh, and they were in Boston. I I was watching it before I, I came in to record this, um, and it was looking like the momentum was shifting towards the Celtics, and it's just easy to um, root against Bucks. Sorry that that also is like a gambling thing for me because I do have a future on the Bucks again because it worked out so well for me last year. So I, um, I like winning big bucks. I like oh well, well played. Um, <laughs> by the way, I'll, I'll talk about my derby uh, at the end. Uh, I'll talk yes. about my. Clearly didn't break it big. It's really not that interesting a story unless you want it. Um, but we're talking about Louisville. Let's stay in the ACC. Yes. The ACC is talking about going away from divisions. Uh, I am very much in favor of this, Paige. I am very mm-hmm. much. I think divisions are really bad for the sport. It's top. They're not even. It's top heavy. It's clumsy. So essentially, um, they haven't taken a vote yet. But they're discussing the three-five-five scheduling model, which means you have three permanent opponents, so you can stick with rivals. Then you rotate the rest over a two-year period, uh, five one year, five the next for the ACC. So, um, you know, variety is great, right? They're, they're in some conferences, yeah. you go like ten years without playing a team or going to a stadium. Um, like the SEC is really interesting in that regard, as it's getting bigger. Big Ten too, and the Big Ten is top heavy. Pods, 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 pods. I'm a, a, I love this page. I think every conference should be doing this. I think divisions are really dumb. Get the two big best teams at the end of the year and let them play. I don't know why we're still doing this divisional thing. Let's be done with it. 
So sometimes I kind of like it, though, because it just makes fans so mad. Like the SEC and the Big Ten specifically, you know what I mean? Like there are certain teams that like can be really good. So like it makes Penn State fans pretty mad all the time. And it makes like Georgia and Alabama fans pretty mad all the time. Um, It it's a really fun thing to be annoyed about, like that you're like stuck in a division with a team that just like if they lose yes. one and you lose one like it just that part is kind of fun but I will say I agree I think the two best teams should play for the title and that's how it should work but it is kind of fun that like some teams get away with it like for example an Alabama team not playing in the SEC championship is still getting into the college football playoff because they don't play that game like it's just- oh for sure yeah, like teams are screwed. Like Penn State yeah. is in a terrible spot. Terrible. Um, you, you like a, an Ole Miss is in a terrible spot. Um, you have teams that are just in these stacked divisions. I mean, look at the SC. Like, look at what Bama has to go through every year on that side. Not mm-hmm. you know, this is a very pro Bama podcast. So, <laughs> well, what I well, can't what I like it. about what I really like about it, it's the variety, right? Like, I like to see different teams match up, and it seems strange to say that about conference teams, but, like, that's how it is. And yet, you keep the rivals. You keep it so Alabama's going to play Tennessee, and they're going to play LSU, and yet they're going to mix it up with Georgia in the regular season every couple of years, if you were to do the SEC. And I think if you're the ACC, which is sort of trying to figure out what the hell it is, outside of Clemson or, and we'll see what Clemson is, Miami. Like you want, you want to put the two best teams forward. You don't want one of those yes. teams buried, um, you know, a one loss team or whatever buried behind that. Like, I, I think it's, I just think it works. I think it's better for fans. No, it, I think does. it works on a lot of fronts. I will say it's like in the favor of the dominant teams of the conferences. So like Clemson, for example, it's definitely in their favor to have divisions. It's in Bama's favor to have divisions. Um, so I, I'm curious to see if this becomes like a universal thing. I don't even know. What are they doing with, have they said what they're doing with Oklahoma and Texas in the SEC? I don't think so. I think they're trying to figure out the timing and where they're going to have to figure out like where they fall though. Like they can't put this in. Oh, and those two, they got to play. I mean, that's the other thing, right? So like those two teams got to play every year. So uh, I have not. That's a great question. What heard what they've done? I just like it, and I think fans like there's a like a cult. Like Bill Conley uh, of ESPN I know has written about this for like years, like calling for pods. It's just a fun. It's just a fun way to do it. It's probably not going to impact things a great deal, but I do think it's a good concept. And kudos to the ACC for actually doing something. And they didn't talk to the rest of the Alliance about it, Paige. What a, <laughs> Pac-12. What a novel concept. Pac-12's on its own yeah. island. I also think it's, a, like, at this point, anything could happen in college football. Like, if you said tomorrow that, like, I don't know, one of the conferences was, like, collapsing and going to different places and, like, it was just dissolving and becoming something else, like, I would believe it because there's just such crazy stuff happening in they what they say on NBA Twitter's this league. Um because yeah. there's just a oh, lot yeah. going on. Like I would believe anything. So I love the fact that like the AC is like, this is what we're doing. But yeah, they for sure did not consult um our fellow alliance members, which is upsetting because it's a very serious, serious bond that they have. It's a very serious bond for various uh serious people. Um let's talk Arch Manning. 
Okay. Uh, all right. First off, he he loves Athens, right? So he says that Athens is his favorite college town. He's like, it's the best college town. It's a great college town. So, it's up there. It's a, unless, of course, unless, you know. Yeah, unless you love Alabama. Athens. Yeah, well, that too. Um, but it's a great college town. That's not where I'd go if I was a quarterback, but it's a great college town. Um, does this mean anything? Is the question. It's no. got to mean something, but how much does it mean? I just think it's so funny how much like speculation is around everything he says. That's why I put it on our doc to talk about because I'm like, this literally was like a, if you Google college football, what comes up is like Arch Manning says that certain college football hints at where he's going to commit. It's like he said if he knew where he was going to commit, he would do it now. I don't think oh, he knows. Yeah. I I don't think he has a full decision. I think he's waiting to see the dollar amounts <laughs> from yes. each who goes where in terms of, like, this season, how people play, who's going to stay. I mean, obviously, you have to make your decision relatively soon, but it, it, he's going to well, take it, his time. It feels like it's going to be uh, Texas, Alabama, or Georgia. Georgia, yeah. I would I, – maybe LSU. LSU seems it seems to have a little momentum, I guess. Um, yeah. I think there was an announcement, to your point, that he's going to visit LSU in the fall. So and he is taking his in Florida. That's right. Um, so those, I, I think, I would be surprised if he went outside of the big three. Um, there seems to be a genuine interest in Texas, which I find fascinating. Uh, there's also a lot of money in Texas. The Alabama one is very curious because Bryce Young is going to be gone after this year, and then he can just come in and start, and and that would work out. You know, what's Bill O'Brien yeah. going to do? I, but but I think it's more interesting. Your original point is correct that I don't remember a high school recruit where every visit or every like little soundbite seemed to make its way through much of college football Twitter. And that's what's happening right now. It's news. This kid sneezes and we hear about it. And I'm like, I... It's true. I just, I honestly, I don't care until he decides. Like, I... I agree with you that it's interesting that Texas is still in the mix. If I were him, if you're going to an SEC school, because, like, do you think that Texas will be in the SEC by the time he plays? Because I know, obviously, the 2025 and the the TV rights and all of that. Like, I think they figure it out sooner than that. I Um, do, too. So, by the time he's there and he's got to be there for two years. So, do you go to a Texas where you're going to be playing out like Alabama and Georgia? Well, I, we don't know how they're going to, we just talked about how we don't know who they're going to play every year, but like you're going to have to go through them to win a national championship and whatever, but does, and like, to be fair, he doesn't need to win a national championship. He's obviously going to be the number one overall pick like that. He could be so bad. And I feel like everyone's going to be like, well, it was a team around him. It wasn't him. Like I, I he, there's just See, nothing that's stopping him from I, I really feel like there's this, I, well, here's why. I don't necessarily disagree that his name is going to carry him forward, but I feel like right now, because he plays high school football in New Orleans, like there's this mystique that most fans really? have never seen play. And I think that this sport is pretty brutal. Like, yes, he has a lot going for him. Um, and on the NLI, NIL stuff, like whatever, that part is going to weigh itself, uh, play itself out too. But he's still got to be good. Like, 
And you look at his numbers. I have not seen him play live. I would love to see him play live. That may be something we got to figure out how to do. Like, <laughs> You're like hey, babe, by the way, we're going to New Orleans. Uh, yeah, New Orleans. Oh, there we go. Again? Uh, I was going to say something weird, like a night with Arch Manning, which sounds extremely creepy. <laughs> um, okay, Jim Harbaugh. Not, yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. That is not <laughs> the intent of that. Um, but I, I think the mystique right now is, oh, my God, it's a Manning and he's playing in high school. But then he's going to come out and he's probably going to get the shit kicked out of him as a freshman if he plays. And then he'll settle into something more reasonable. Or maybe he's just going to be QB God. And then shit will get out of control with the interest and excitement around him. I mean, it, it's – but it is the most yeah. – it's the most hype college – high school football recruit uh, of my life. Trevor Lawrence was that – one of those dot dudes. Um, oh, God. I – that was – amazing like that time like thinking about it remember when we talked about him and justin fields and just like yeah god that was amazing I, um but but yeah like there's not quit i mean quinn ewers who, who is gonna suit it up here is is right up there right like we're gonna see this yeah. year kind of what it looks like so i but i don't remember a high school athlete getting this much coverage and i don't think there's gonna be any comparable for a while do you think it's too much to say that he's almost like the LeBron of because No, I don't. I think okay. it's the best comparison. I think Yeah, like there I just no don't other, there is no other person to compare it to. In terms of height. Yeah. Now, LeBron was different because physically he was like like he was just dunking on like Yeah, five he was foot a specimen. Yeah. Like this isn't that. I like Arch is good. Like physically he's he's from what you read, like is right there and he's got a good arm and he's really good, but it's not like he's some freak of nature. He's just Arch Manning. He's really good. And no, oh, by the way, he's Lynn Manning. So, I think, but I am, I am excited. I, I just hope again, Paige and all this, that, and it's, he's got a great group of people in his quarter. It seems that they're going to take their sweet ass time. They're going to get the best deal and they're going to find the best yeah. place for him. Well, and we've talked about this. Like, I think he's going to do everything that's like aligned with the family. Like, business and it's going to grow the Manning name in a way that um you know Peyton and Eli and Cooper of course uh, could not um but it is fascinating to see how as we get closer to him needing to make a decision how every little comment that he makes is now a headline like yeah. it's and as someone who's like partially in control of that myself I'm very mindful of it like I don't I don't think we need to cover everything that he does. Like, of course, we'll obviously cover like when he goes and visits place and places and things like that. But like him saying that Athens is the best college town that he's been to, like that's great. He's not going to go to the best college town. He's going to go get to the next level and play for the best team and win a national championship, probably win a Heisman. Um, yeah, and that's the oh, expectation boy. too. That is the yeah. absolute expect. I will put. Can you put money on Arch Manning to win? The Heisman in I That is a great question. I have not seen the bet, but I will bet you if it's not out there, it will be out there. Yeah, I bet you. I'll, I'll bet put you money on there. it day one. Day one, I'll do that. Oh, my God. I don't care where he goes well, to school. Day one. Your name alone, like, this is sad. Like, this is so sad. I, I genuinely believe that his name alone will help him win the Heisman. There's no doubt. Like, I mean, this is how the sport is, but. Yes, I, but I also think as he's taking his time to decide, they're not looking for a commitment, decommitment kind of thing. Oh, like God, they're, no. they're, they're, You know, they're going to see how it goes. 
No. And, you know, is Bill O'Brien still at Alabama? Is, he, <laughs> is you know, is is how are things looking at Texas? Funny. No, but like, how are things looking at Texas? Like, you know, that kind of thing. Is your glass straw again? Is that your glass straw? Yeah. Yeah. Always using glass straws. Better for the environment. And my roommate, who I also really want to sponsor this podcast. Roommate, if you're out there, please sponsor our podcast. Yeah, come on. Like, let's go. Um, <laughs> all right. On the topic of making lots of money, let's talk Tom Brady. For no reason. Our, our, like, what in the fuck is that deal if it's the real deal? So Tom Brady reportedly 10 year, what, $375 million, million dollars at Fox. So they lose Joe Buck and Troy Aikman, who are going to make a combined like twenty-seven, thirty million, I think, at ESPN, and they just go some. Like, first off, why is Tom Brady playing? I know because he's a lunatic; like he can't help himself. But I am, and then they denied this deal. The terms they kind of denied, Paige. So we don't know if he's any good at this. He probably will be because he's good at everything, right? But. Mm-hmm. I am floored by this deal. I feel so sorry for the, specifically the men in journalism school right now, because they're like, I'm never going to get the job no. because Tom Brady just offered this out of nowhere. It's different for, for female reporters because obviously they play a different role um, in this, but it's, it's, wild to see that these numbers and the amount of time like 10 years like what if he's bad at it what if he's bad at it like here's the thing it's not even what if he's bad at it what if he's not worth that much like you use him as like a a guy on a pregame show as opposed to like a play-by-play guy because like play-by-play is one thing and being on like it is what's so interesting about this is you and I both know this having been on camera before it's not as easy as it looks like, and you can no. know as much as you want about a sport. Like, you could literally know everything there is to know about that sport. I'd be one of the best minds at it. But you're not going to be good at broadcasting it and explaining it to other people and making it enjoyable content for people to take in. That's my concern is that, like, Tom Brady is so cringe and that's sort of what he gets away with on social media. But that doesn't work in a news desk platform that Fox specifically uses to cover football. The way that the relationship was described was interesting in that he became their lead commentator. I don't know. I'm not looking at it. I'm butchering it. But they're also going to have him in other capacities, like fundraising. Like, I read it as he's going to be our mascot for 10 years. And, yeah, he's going to call football games. Like, that's what it – and then you start to think about the value of Tom Brady – it starts to make sense a little bit of where you can trot his ass out. And, no. Um, so I, but, but it is, that is wild. Like we thought, I thought Romo's contract was nuts. Like I think his was 10 years, 180 million with all these mm-hmm. weird opt outs of CBS loses the deal. 10 years, 180 million was unheard of, unheard of. Now, like this is like the wide receiver market in the NFL. It's just out of goddamn control. So, <laughs> Like, if you're Peyton and Eli, and you're kind of doing this thing on, a like, an impromptu basis, and you've got something that people like, charge one billion fucking dollars for the the Manning's, yeah. The Manning cast is amazing, and I tune into it, and what is it, Monday night, 
I, I love it. I love it. I love it. And we know it's good and it's a good product. The other part of this is they're also part, it's part of Omaha Productions, which gets a cut of that. It's wild too when you look at like the media landscape and you know all the stuff that's going into this. This isn't just about Fox getting Tom Brady. This is about Fox being connected to Tom Brady and everything that Tom Brady is connected to. There is yes, so much more than just using him as a broadcaster. There is well, just Tom the, Brady is going to be an owner apparently. So like there's there's so much there that we think college football is out of control. Sports media rights and vying for oh, streaming sucks. and all of that is completely out of control. And it, the market is wild and vicious out there. Well, I'll give you that uh, full disclosure there. Um, no, that you're you're absolutely right. I just think now, yeah, if you're if you're Peyton, you're like, okay, maybe I'll maybe I'll go to a booth at some point, right? Like Amazon is ready to throw money at the entire Everyone. universe. They have it. And so now Amazon's like, yeah, what the hell's 370? Do they have a podcast network? I don't know. We should look it up. I don't know. Prop, prop. Amazon, if, yeah. if you want to start yeah. a podcast network with us. Yeah. They, like, they have, like, everything, Amazon. They have, yeah, now that I think about it, I would be shocked if they don't. It's behind um, a paywall for sure, but. Um, okay, do we want to talk about our teams, our where we are in our top 25? Now, I am yes. getting excited about this because we are at team number, uh, is it? 12. 12? 12. Do you want me to oh, read all of them? Yeah, I forgot. How about this week? I got it. This week I will read. So our top 25 so far for Adam is Alabama, Ohio State, Georgia, Texas A&M, Utah, Clemson, Notre Dame, Michigan, Oklahoma State, NC State, Arkansas. Those are your top 11. Mine are yep. Alabama, Ohio State, Georgia, Clemson, Texas A&M, Utah, Notre Dame, Michigan, Texas, NC State, OK State, those are our top 11, okay? Um, and we've been yes. relatively trade-off. See, this is the first time we've sort of, like, broken away from e each other a bit, well, but same co think, conference well, for now. Same conference. I think it gets really hard now, Paige. I think, actually, I think it got hard a couple, of, a couple of places ago. What I was saying before I panicked that I didn't know who I was taking, but I did know who I was taking, <laughs> um, was we're, like, halfway through the top 25. And oh, by the way, it's the middle of May. We're less than four months for football, folks. I'm so shit, excited for football season. Shit. You and I, before we uh, before we hit play on this, we're talking about features we're working on, talking about like the fucking machine has started here, people. Like this thing's gonna get here quickly. Like I'm I am so pumped up. All right. So with that said, long winded way of saying Oklahoma. I am um I am I'm really struggling with the the Big 12 as a whole, I think we're sleeping on Oklahoma a little bit because we just assume. Hard for us to... Well, like Lincoln Riley is gone, but they're like, Brian Venables is a good coach. And oh, by the way, Dylan Gabriel's a really good quarterback, like really good quarterback. And he's playing with his former OC. People think that Oklahoma is going to be some sluggish football team. Now they have like one of the OCs that's going to go like, about fastest in the country this year. And I, I'm curious to see how fast, because I don't think Venables wants to deal with that bullshit on his defense when they're trying to square every, like, 30 seconds. But I think Oklahoma still has some talent. Yeah, they lost a lot of people to the transfer portal, um, but they got a really good QB, and they're in a conference. They should still win a lot of games. Like, this is a really interesting year for them. 
I could have gone a bunch of different directions, I think, with this. I said that earlier. Like, I think this is a really hard part of the rankings. I will go with the Sooners. You are in the Big 12, but not Oklahoma. Yes. I'm giving some credit to the Big 12 champs. The Baylor Bears. I like it. I also have to commend Dave Aranda for doing something that most college football coaches never do, which is name a quarterback after their spring. I agree. I appreciated that from him so that his other quarterback could transfer, but he did name um, his quarterback. And I, and like, <coughs> we're a mess today. Are you good? I need coffee. Yeah. I, yeah it sorry. God bless I, you, know. you. We're just, no, we're trying no, to it's just me, it's me coughing in the microphone. Honestly, I could blame the COVID going around my house, but I won't do that. <laughs> I think it's the end of this IPA. The end of the bottom of an IPA is just, it is like a fucking hop sitting in the back of my throat right That's now. why I don't drink um, them. That's nasty. Yeah. So apologies. That's nasty. But the Baylor yeah. Bears, they they won obviously yeah. last year. They're solid in a in a conference that's not terribly hard to win. Um, I do think there are good teams in that conference, but you know what? I I think that people are like overlooking them because again, we we and like you said about Oklahoma, I think people are concerned about them, but again, that name brand still gives you the hope that they're going to get themselves there and they're in a good position despite losing Lincoln and having pieces otherwise um, that they've brought in. But I don't know. I'm going to, I'm going to roll with the Baylor bears and, yeah, and I, I like I, Dave's non non excitement for things is, is also very intriguing. Like if you're even feel like that, you can win anything. I know they lose some secondary guys that are really good, but like they hit they are if you want to teach defensive football like that's who i'd watch yeah because i feel like they're just so much fun to watch well they are really really good and i think the offense can be better too yeah and the offense was okay last year well, i think their offense is actually gonna be locked in and i mean no, no offense to the big 12 but they're not necessarily known for playing great defense so if you can play against some of the superior offenses in college football and still win oh, yeah. a conference. Um, it's definitely a tough thing to do. And that Oklahoma State team is no joke, and they they won. So it's like no, I think the Big Twelve is going to be actually good. I think it's exciting. Like Texas should be better. Oklahoma State is good. Oh, Oklahoma's God. competitive. Baylor, yeah, uh, Baylor is <laughs> still really good. I mean, after that, I don't know. Um, but I. You know, you've got it's the usual suspects of the big. Well, you got JT Daniels has entered the conference at least, which is interesting. Maybe the Big Twelve is not going to be good. The Big Twelve is very interesting, though, right? Like the the, the Big Twelve, I think, is at least compelling. Let's say this: so, the, we don't think the Big Twelve is going to be the SEC. We're just excited to watch another conference be like semi relevant. Who else is going to be decent? Iowa State? No, they won't be decent. Texas other shit. Texas Tech, by the way, yes. has a new coordinator that's going to light college football on fire. I'm telling you, he's going to be involved in this Kitley that gimmicky, we wrote about. Gimmicky uh, coordinators don't necessarily do well. In... <laughs> I'm just saying. Uh, gimmicky um, coordinators also breed like Patrick Mahomes. Um <laughs> And get NFL also, jobs, I guess. <laughs> this is not this is so random, but I'm like sort of into F one and I don't know if you saw, oh but this weekend um an F one reporter, it was like a European outlet, um, went up to um Paulo Bancaro, who is the um the Duke basketball player who's like yeah. maybe gonna be the first overall pick in the NBA, 
and he thought he was Patrick Mahomes. And he called I him Patrick. I, I have never laughed so know. hard. And I, he's I like, the best part, the best part is that in, in like, I don't know if you, you, do you watch Ted Lasso? Oh, yes. Okay. So, and, and also if you've ever like cared about the royal family, you know, the British tabloids are not necessarily like the nicest of people. And like the way that they just go about things is really funny. But the way he did that, like normally people would be like, oh my God, I'm so sorry. He's like, that's not Patrick Mahomes, whatever. And he walks away. He walks away. He's like, that's not Patrick Mahomes, whatever. I, um, that was the best reaction to to messing up that badly. That's what? Yeah. That's how you do it. You're like a pro's pro. You just wash it off. Um, he goes, whatever, and just starts walking to go interview somebody else. I mean, that was pretty entertaining. Did you um did you bet the Kentucky Derby at all? No. And I sadly I went to a birthday party at a baseball game and so I didn't get to like watch it, but I was like keeping an eye on what happened. And when I got the alert of who won and what happened, I was then on Twitter just like searching every bit of video content I possibly could. But you did bet on the Kentucky Derby. I, I did not have the eighty to one that <laughs> I didn't even know was like in the fucking race, basically. Um so I, I love this. I, I actually, uh, I love horse racing. We talked about this and I like to think I know a little bit what I'm doing. Not as much as people that do this like every day. And I certainly don't follow as close as I did. Mm-hmm. But the one thing about that race page that really stuck out. So the fractions, right? How fast they're running around the track. When they had four furlongs in 45 seconds, I knew chicanery, right? That is so fast. So when you get really fast fractions, you're like, I had a lot of horses that were closers because I thought it would be fast. So a lot of the way the race played out, Zandon I had. I had like things were looking good. And then that horse, that drone footage of him, um, incredible. I mean just like the it's like the ultimate it's like the dream trip. Like yes. just like he just like like so angels are carrying him. Like he's just like floating to the finish line. That's what I felt like I was watching, like angels in the fucking outfield with this horse where it's just like all of a sudden he's like what the, the uh, jockey yeah, flaps yeah. like this yeah. yeah exactly like that's what it felt like so i'm seeing this and i'm like okay i like this horse this horse this horse and then you see the horse coming and you're like okay who is that and i don't think anybody knew what was going on like the the announcer's like what and strike oh my god who the like because he came out of nowhere and swallowed him up so Great. That's great. By the way, if I'm going to lose, I want to lose like that. I want to lose spectacularly. I don't want to like agonize over the horse that I left out. I want an 80 to one to come in and just like drop a piano on my head. And then I'm <laughs> okay. And that's fun. And that's what happened. Uh, I'm super interested. We'll break down a little bit next week. The Preakness is coming up. I don't know what you do with a horse like this in the Preakness because it had not done anything close to this in its short life of being a horse and now it has a chance to win the triple crown which it likely isn't but i'm fascinated no. next week it's really compelling but it's it's like a, you'd be stupid not to put like to sprinkle we love a sprinkle well sprinkle i i don't know what the odds are going to be but i love like real horse players that i know and like chris felica who uh, chris is awesome on game day but also is a really knowledgeable horse player there was like genuinely pissed off about this outcome, like because yeah. you because you study this shit and you like to tell yourself, okay, these things could happen, and these things like this happen like once, literally like a once in a million type race. Y- yes. So people in my like 
text messages and shit that watched this were like, not like, oh, wow, that's awesome. They were like, this is bullshit. The Kentucky Derby is bullshit. I'm never betting this race again. Like, that's how they thought. Uh, I love this because that's what the Kentucky Derby is. It's like a roulette wheel of horses. I love and this. It's not going to happen again for the next while. You won't see something like this. You will not see something lesson. like this for a long time. Like, it, it was that cool. But when you have 20 horses and they're three-year-olds, and, you know, shit happened. So I lost, but I thought it was awesome. I'm and, curious uh, to I'm know what the amount is that people lost on that race. Like, the amount that everyone else bet on every other horse versus oh what God. was actually placed on that horse well the the super factor for the top four, four horses if you like if you had that paid three hundred twenty one thousand dollars so if you had the super factor three hundred twenty one thousand i think the trifecta for a dollar paid like 15 grand right most trifectas pay a good trifecta pays a thousand bucks yeah. fifteen thousand dollars so this thing was holy shit was it wild um but yeah, Preakness will be fun. Canelo lost on Saturday night. Oh yeah, um, fighting. Yeah, no shit. <laughs> shit was just, Saturday fighting. was a good day. Fighting. Do you yes. watch F one at all? Can you gamble on F one? I feel like you can. Right. Oh yes. I. You know. I don't. But I'm caving. Like have you watched that... the documentary oh, or not documentary? The show, Drive to Survive. Uh, Drive to I survive. have not watched. I have not watched Drive to Survive. Um, but I'm. I'm. So many people that I like are saying I need to do this that I'm going to get in on this. Okay. It's an off-season requirement. I know I'm not technically your boss, okay. but like in some capacity can be considered that. I, I think yeah, it's a requirement kind of prior to done. prior to college football season. I think you need to watch it. I'm not fully done with it yet. Like I've, I'm literally only on – I just started the second season and there's like five or six. I, don't quote me on that. Um, but no, I'm in. I'm there's a in. decent amount of them. I feel like it's, they're also doing the golf version, which I legitimately cannot wait for. Like I, the, I, I can't wait. I cannot wait. We also need to, can we like slowly talk about just one last little tidbit? Talk about Sergio being like, I can't wait to leave this league. About know, the PGA tour. Also, did you see Greg Norman's comments today of, I don't even want to like specifically just Google No, we're not even going to say what he said. Google it if you want to know, but oh my God, it's bad. It's real bad. horrible. So so this tour just has stank on it. It just stinks. Like it just doesn't feel good. And Sergio complaining about a rules of like, I can't wait to be gone. I, this whole plan has backfired, Paige. Like it's not a good look for them, right? Like it just... In the words of Justin Thomas, if you want to leave, leave. Ugh. Go. Peace. It's I, awful. I, it's it. It's going to be a bunch of washed up golfers and Greg Norman. With attitude. Again, read the comments. I don't want to get into it. No, we we're, won't we're, talk we're about a lighthearted pod. This is not a lighthearted conversation. I was literally at a t-ball game reading this and I'm like not thinking <laughs> myself. Holy shit. Like just terrible yeah um speaking of yes, light heart lightheartedness i am going back to college this week my brother is graduating from the university of arizona shout out okay to blake so for that. congratulations blake but what sort of tomfoolery awaits you oh like all of the things especially because my family is like all in on doing all of the drinking activities um oh boy. 
Yeah, we're doing, um, let's see, the first night we get there, we're going to a place called Frog and Firkin, which is on University, so we'll be at a table there. If you want to come say hi, no, I'm just kidding. Uh, <laughs> Frog and Firkin, you, yes. Yeah, you heard it here first. Um, my family and I will be at Frog and Firkin, um, and then we'll be at General Ben's, which is across the street on Saturday. Um, Sounds like a strip club, just saying. General Ben's. I'm just saying. And it's then, not, I'm not saying uh, it is. It just sounds like one. I'm sure we'll make it to dirt bags at some point. Um, also a strip club. We're also doing top golf one of the nights. Um, graduation's very, very at like nice. two o'clock, and then we're doing top golf for like a post um, graduation celebration. Um, but yeah, there's going to be a lot of tomfoolery going on. Like everyone will be drinking, have a good time. Grandma and grandpa will be involved in the the drinking and having a good time. Um, that's always fun. What's your drink of choice for a weekend like this? Oh, I stick with tequila. I'll just stay with tequila sodas. I love that you say that. Like, that's not a reckless answer for this. <laughs> <laughs> like, I, oh, I'll just, oh, I'll just stick with tequila. Like, uh, no, that's how I it's fight better it than like Red Bull and vodka and AMFs. Like, yeah, I like are... tequila, but like, stick with tequila is not something like. <laughs> that's not normally the parachute answer. Like the safety answer is stick with what? What's seltzer the or light beer. Oh, I can't or, do I can't do beer and also seltzers hurt my tummy. So I, yeah, I have to well, stick so with, tequila it is. Stick so tequila, with tequila. Sticking with tequila. I try to stick with tequila the whole weekend. Uh, I will do a wildcat shot, which is something that's at a like a pizza place called No Anchovies there. Because um, I did that for my graduation day, so I'm going to do that with my brother for sure. Um, I did like a bar a wildcat crawl. Shot. Do you do you know? I have no That's idea. Cool. It's just red, white, and blue. Um, I didn't ask any questions, but I did it with my my aunt and uncle came with me on, and my parents came with me on like a bar crawl, um, the day of my graduation. And so we did like um, a bar that's actually no longer there. We did no anchovies, gentle bends, um, <laughs> frog and firkin, and you just go and like it's all on university, and you just do a bunch of stuff before you go. Um, and uh, yeah, I think it's a tradition to do a wildcat shot um, before, before graduating from the University of Arizona. I will maybe have some information on where we're committing to next for law school. Are you going to uh, do the hats? Can we do the hats? <laughs> actually, I should because I'm going to I'm potentially going to this location. Actually, we're recording right before it, but I'll but I'll come up with a way to reveal um, where All we're right. committing I to like, because like it you. does have some some college football implications, I think. All right, excellent. All right, well, Godspeed. Don't um, well, do something dumb, but not like super dumb, like the appropriate amount of dumb. Right? Okay. Like that's what this weekend should be. Exactly. Lecturing father. Um, <laughs> and I'm sure we'll be able to blast something with NIL next week. All right, so for Paige, I am Adam. We will talk to you guys soon. Bye.